This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath Learning Format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Ah, the satisfying sounds of more sales in your business. And from the sound of it, your business is growing. But you shouldn't have to pay more to scale your business. With Stamps.com, you can import orders from wherever you sell online, find the lowest rates with the fastest delivery times, and instantly deliver tracking updates to your customers and stock up on supplies. Get started at Stamps.com today with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. Coming up, the most boring person in the world, farting in space and tax fraud. I'm Emma Choi, and this is Everyone and Their Mom. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu with Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how Black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. everyone. Welcome to Everyone and Their Mom, a weekly show from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, where we take a break from the news to fall down a little rabbit hole instead. I'm your host, Emma Chow. This week, we're discussing something super boring with comedian, actor, Wait, Wait panelist, and a man who I think, if he put his heart into it, could handcraft a really good wooden bowl. It's Peter Gross. Hi, Peter. Hi, how are you? I am so glad that you think that of me. Peter, I'm so excited to talk about this news. Science yeah. has finally found the most boring person in the world. Before we get into it, though, who's the most boring person you know? I mean, I know a few accountants, I guess, mm-hmm. and they, they live like pretty straightforward. I wouldn't call them boring. Maybe like straight laced or down the middle or... The color beige. <laughs> the color, yes. Human personifications of the color Beige. Walking yeah. beige. Yeah. But like accounting should be. It's not like your accountant should be like, I got a crazy, fun, exciting way to do your taxes. Yeah. We'll commit tax fraud together. <laughs> I know. That's what exciting count- accounting is. Okay. Let me tell you what this story is really all about. A researcher at the University of Essex had people rank the most boring traits. And it turns out the five most boring jobs are data analysis, accounting, insurance, cleaning, and banking. And the five most boring hobbies are sleep, religion, TV, the observing of animals, and mathematics, which sounds less like hobbies and more like five random nouns. (laughs) I know. I couldn't believe that TV watching and sleeping qualified as hobbies. I know. Because... Those are two things that I do eight hours a day each. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they just feel like just the fabric of my life. They don't really feel like <laughs> hobbies. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, it just sounds like what a depressed person likes to do. And so I feel <laughs> I like it's, it really it's not really true. nice. <laughs> so the University of Essex took all this data, put it all together, and concluded that the most boring person in the world is... A religious data entry worker who likes watching TV and lives in a town. <laughs> in a town. It really sounds That's like as, as opposed to a city, right? Like people who live in cities are maybe more interesting. I guess. Or like a farm. One thing about boringness, though. Exciting people have to do a bunch of boring practice to become exciting. That's a good point. Simone Biles, right? You can't be an Olympic athlete without practicing jumping in cartwheels 50,000 million times. That's all boring. You're getting your 10,000 hours in. Yeah. Well, maybe everybody's um, 10,000 hours is kind of boring. Yeah. Like if I if I tried to tell you like, oh, here's how I all the time that I put in my live performance, like improv shows and sketch shows, you'd be like, good Lord, is this boring? Peter, improv comedy could never be boring. Are you kidding me? It's different every night. How could it be boring? Yes, and. Yes, and. I bet even the coolest, most exciting jobs in the world are boring sometimes. Like a stunt person. Or a waitress at the American Girl Doll Cafe. Or an astronaut. Even, you know, going underwater in our spacesuit to dive and practice spacewalking. When you've got, you know... 500 or a thousand hours underwater doing that you know there are probably times when you're like okay did i pick up my dry cleaning i hope i let the dog out i am nasa astronaut victor glover yes you are victor you are you do something truly (laughs) incredible something that people all around the world dream of doing you go to space you're an astronaut but you probably had to do a lot of boring (laughs) stuff to get there Yes, there are definitely boring parts to to this job. You know, when you do something over and over again, it is easy to to find it boring. But we do simulations so that we get used to the technology, the operations, the communication or the procedure. And and that can can sometimes feel boring. And some of those sims can be like most of your day, one simulation that runs for eight hours. The other thing, we have some really complicated and sometimes really long meetings. And that to me is the part that is the most boring. Important. <laughs> Important, but boring. Yeah. So it's never like you're in a meeting you, and you think this could just be an email. Like it probably needs a meeting. I mean, often I do think it could be an email, you know, like if it's <laughs> if it's a slideshow and people just read you the slides, I go, you could have emailed them to me and I could have read them myself. Are there moments like that when you're actually like doing a spacewalk? I never had that experience. I was so in the moment, every spacewalk, going out the door into the vacuum of space with your friend. It requires a hyper level of focus. And I think that's where the boring kind of comes in is you're so used to those things that you've done. You've built a sense of what is important, what's basic and how things should go. Yeah. Can you walk us through what you have to do before you actually start a spacewalk? Oh, absolutely. Yes. You start your day by, uh, you you know, you get up and you eat and try to, you know, load on, on calories because once you get in that suit, once you're sealed up, you're in there with 32 ounces of water and that's it. So I get up oh and gosh. try to eat a, a decent sized breakfast, not too big because again, you're sealed inside there. So 
everything that's in there with you is in there with you, you know. Right. <laughs> and so I eat a, eat breakfast, and then you suit up into something. You you put on these long john underclothes and a and a and a, a maximum absorbency garment. That's just NASA fancy talk for a big diaper. And then you <laughs> you slowly put the suit on, and you're in the suit for anywhere between three to four hours before you go out on the six and a half hour spacewalk. And so they can be very long days, very long days. After being in space, where things are really intense, is do things on Earth seem kind of like boring or do you enjoy the normalcy of being on earth? I enjoy the normalcy of being on earth. I like boring. I am okay sitting at home with my newspaper uh, and my coffee and watching uh, my kids or my dog. Yeah. Okay, Victor. Well, thank you so much for coming to our be our expert on exciting space and also boring stuff. And we made a little game for you if you're up for playing a game. Oh, I love games. I love games. Games are not boring. Great. <laughs> We're going to say something you would do on Earth, and you tell us if it's boring or exciting if you did it in space. Does that make sense? Got it. Brushing your teeth. Boring or exciting in space? Boring. Boring. Okay. Having a dance party. Boring or exciting in space? Exciting. You can do dances in space that you cannot do on Earth. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Love it. Getting a haircut. Boring or exciting? Exciting. Shaving a bald head is very, um, it takes a lot of thought and concentration. Very exciting. Exciting. Awesome. Farting. Boring or exciting in space? Exciting. When it's yours, not when it's somebody else's. That's a good distinction. When it's yours, you want to see, can it propel me? Can it make me move through the space station? Can it? Yeah, I don't think it does, but it's a, an experiment you're going to do no matter what. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Great. Okay, your birthday. Boring or exciting? Having a birthday in space was super special because my wonderful crewmates made it really special. They got the instruments out and serenaded me and got me every kind of cake we have in space. Chocolate pudding cake, lemon curd cake cheesecake. It took me all day to eat all these different cakes, but I did it. I'm going to say that's very exciting. Okay, last one. Meeting someone who is religious, likes watching TV, works in data entry, and lives in a town. Boring or exciting? That would be super exciting because you don't get visitors to the space station. Oh, true! (laughs) (laughs) That would be a really interesting day for everybody. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Victor. That was so great. And thank you for playing and thank you for joining us. Thank you. This was great and a ton of fun. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox. Discover powerful new series like Three Little Birds and BAFTA-winning drama Time, starring Bella Ramsey, Tamara Lawrence, and Jodie Whittaker. Stream the best of British TV only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Peter, back to finding the traits of the most boring person in the world. Right. I kind of feel like the scientists in this study kind of just like did this like they thought about all of their exes and like combined all of their jobs in one and being like take that barbara you're boring i don't even need you i always feel like uh the these studies that get done are always like there's like a personal aspect yeah there's some like somebody's getting government funding to just carry out like a vendetta against somebody right can you imagine being a person who's like reading this study and you realize that this person is you (laughs) 
exactly. I mean, I think that this, the way this study is conducted, it's, it's about like what you do making you boring. And I sincerely believe it's everybody has something interesting about them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Peter, you, you know, like being boring and boring stuff can be a good thing. Yeah. Boredom creates inventions. And, you know, if you are a boring person, maybe you're like, I don't know you're so boring that you're not boring anymore, right? Like, boring stuff is the foundation <laughs> you, of the world. <laughs> like You shoot the moon and you become incredibly interesting. Absolutely. You know, like, the most boring font is, like, Times New Roman. But, you know, we all rely on it. The most oh boring God, cereal the helps you poop real good. You know, the most boring <laughs> paint colors makes you feel calm when you stare at the wall for hours on end. There's great things about being bored. What's the most boring cereal, you think? Mm, Raisin Bran. Yeah, but there's raisins in there. There's got to be a cereal that's like, like Total is just brand. I've never heard of Total. Never heard of Total? Look, I'm Korean. Korean breakfast is just last night's dinner with an egg on top. So right. I don't, we, we never take cereal. <laughs> I think we should find this person, Peter. I think oh, we yes. should find them and, and ask them, what's it like, you know? What's it like to be the most boring person in the world? That would be lovely. I would love to hear that. Okay, our producer Haley and I are going to get on the phone, get on Google, and try and find a person who fits this bill. They have to be religious, they have to love TV, they have to live in a town, and they have to be a data entry worker. My name is Evan Halter. My name is Alex Kotler. I live in New Jersey. Are you religious? Yes, I am. Protestant, sort of like uh, non-denominational Christian. Yes. Religion is a very important aspect of my life. I am uh, Jewish Orthodox. Next question. Do you like watching TV? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I just kind of watched through Ozark up until the most recent season. I'm very interested to see how that's going to end. Yes, I'd say so. I actually used to like to watch news all the time, so I was like um, news junkie. Do you work in data entry? Uh, yes, kind of. I do do some freelance data entry for, um, like, art collections and archives. Okay, the last question. Do you live in a town? I do not. I live in a city. I live in Manhattan. Oh, dang. So three for four. So it just means I'm mostly boring. You are a little bit boring, but we need to keep searching, I think, to find someone who is fully boring. Do you live in a town? Yeah, I do. Great. Okay, so three out of four. Last question. Do you work in data entry? No, I don't. It's been days of searching, and we still haven't found our person. But we have one more number to call. Carlene, I have to ask you some questions. All right, let's give it a shot. Okay, okay, let's try it. First question, okay. Do you work in data entry? I do. I manage <gasps> fundraising databases and therefore deal with a lot of data. Okay. Are you religious? I am. I uh, went to Camp Calumet Lutheran. I had perfect attendance in Sunday school growing up. I was president of my confirmation class. Uh, I worked for Lutheran Social Services, and I now work at Boston College High School, which is a Jesuit school for boys. That counts. Okay. Okay. Data entry religious. Next question. Do you like watching TV? 
Oh my gosh, I love TV. Like really? more than more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> Do what are your favorite shows? Uh, let's see. So this week I'm into Ozark. Uh, I recently just finished Counterpart with J.K. Simmons. Okay, great. Okay, I'm nervous now because now you hit three out of four. Okay. Okay. Last one. Do you live in a town? I do. <gasps> and I grew up in a town. Oh my gosh, double hander. <laughs> wow, you fit all of these. Congratulations, Carlene. You're the most boring person <laughs> in the world. How does it feel? Wow. I don't think I'm boring. I mean, yeah, I don't think you're boring. Thank you. I'm a little starstruck right now. I never thought we would actually find someone who fits this bill. <laughs> What, what do you think, in your opinion, the, what the boring traits are? Like, what, what should we be looking for? I, I mean, I don't want to paint everybody with the same brush stroke. Mm-hmm. Fair. If I were to talk about data integrations at every function that I went to, people might find that boring. But when I talk about data integrations with my other folks who present at data conferences with me, they get really excited and jazzed about it. You present at data conferences? I have, yes. Oh my yes. gosh, what is that crowd like? <laughs> Do you guys throw down? <laughs> we get together and we just nerd out. And, <laughs> you know, I've got a super secret Facebook group with some other data entry people, <laughs> database managers. And I found that they're a group of folks who have a wicked sense of humor. So Really? Really. I love that. This the yeah. secret underbelly of data entry workers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Any last words from the person who is technically the most boring person in the world? Oh, boy. Even if you are technically the most boring person in the world, you have things to share that other people will find interesting. You just have to sometimes get out of your shell and be willing to share it. Beautiful. Thank you, Carlene. I'm going gonna, gonna to share that with every person who fits the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thanks for having me today. Here's the least boring part of the podcast, the credits. This show was brought to you by Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Fager, Zola Ray, Lillian King, and Nancy Seachow, with help from Ian Shillog and Carr from Car Talk. Our supervising producer is Jennifer Mills, and our water boy is Mike Danforth. Lorna White, thank you for jazzing up our sound once again. We love Lorna. Thanks to the lovely Carlene Johnson for being the most interesting, boring person we've ever met. That seems kind of exciting to me. And to Alex Kotler and Evan Halter for being not quite boring enough. Cool, I guess. It's a little bit strange to me, you know. Astronaut Victor Glover, thank you for being a cheerleader for boring people everywhere. I love boring. And for teaching us how to fart in space. Thank you to my co-host, comedian, wait, wait, panelist, and one of my favorite Peters, Peter Gross. That's a very delicate... Dance. You can see Peter in person performing in the play Goodnight Oscar, running through April 24th at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. I'm Emma Choi, and you can find me at WaitWaitNPR and playing the New York Times Spelling Bee, trying to convince the algorithm that booby is a real word. Okay, that's it. I'm done. This is NPR. Bye-bye. I, I assume I'm, I'm not the first broke person you're calling. So it must be able, must be challenging <laughs> to find that. Yeah, we've been calling a lot of people. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? 
This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch, and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. On, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.